Well, a lot not working for the Edmonton Oilers. They lose tonight 3-1 to the Carolina Hurricanes. It is their fifth consecutive loss, fourth consecutive loss at home as their record drops to 16-10 and on the season. Carolina 19-6-1 on the season. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. The Hurricanes outshoot Edmonton tonight 31-23 to get the victory. At times, the Oilers did not have a lot going on around the net. And when they did, they missed some golden opportunities and Freddie Anderson made some great saves, Rob. And well, let's start there with some of the chances the Oilers did have. And uh, hard luck... Hyman, I guess we got to call him for the time being. Zach Hyman for the second game in a row misses an open net that would have tied the game. This was with about 8.46 left in the third tonight. Nugent Hopkins has a chance similar to the one he scored on in the second period. Anderson makes the save. Rebound right into the slot for Hyman, and he directs the shot back through the crease and wide. And then Hyman didn't play the last three minutes after taking a big hit. Yeah, the one that he missed last game was a really hard angle. That was a, that was a tough one. It, it would have been a, a really nice goal if he was able to put it in the back of the net. Tonight was a one that you would think he would score more often. Just it's his style of goal. It's driving hard to the net, beating your back checker back there, and then fighting for the rebound. And he gets he just it just looked like he pulled it. And it's unfortunate because it was a perfect play. You know they caught. Uh, the Carolina Hurricanes napping there. Dry settle hits Nugent Hopkins far side. They get the shot on net. They get the the backdoor rebound, and he's unable to to capitalize. And uh, when a goaltender has a great night, and make no mistake, Freddie Anderson was great in this game. You need a little help. You need a little bounce. You need some uh, some puck luck, and he got it tonight. The the Oilers, a uh, couple great opportunities that they missed, and that would be the biggest one. And uh, for the Oilers at a really inopportune time that would have tied the game yeah and Anderson was excellent when called on the, the Oilers I mean I know they kind of had a lot of uh, furious chances around the net in the last couple of minutes but I mean it was 3-1 you're kind of in Hail Mary territory there but uh, I mean in, in the first period Bouchard chance he stopped McDavid one-timer he stopped. McDavid spinning off the boards and driving to the net in the first period. He stopped. Pugliarvi, a nice tip that was going five-hole. He stopped. Edmonton didn't do a lot in the second period. They, they got a goal on only four shots. But, uh, you know, we've been talking a lot about starts lately, and we'll get to some of the negative aspects for that. But when Edmonton did have some chances in the first period to, to tie the game, Anderson made sure they were off the board. Well, when you're on the road, as Carolina is, uh, and you're playing against some, some stars, you need to get a big save here and there. And that's what Anderson gave the the Carolina Hurricanes early in this game. Uh, he The one-timer Nick McDavid has, you give him 20 of them, he's going to score 19. But Freddie Anderson made a big save there. Off the boards, another big save. He looked calm. He looked uh, very in control. And what we've seen when in Edmonton's has it right now, where you have some big key pieces of your defense out of the lineup, you certainly need your goaltender to bail you out from time to time. And Anderson did that. And on the other side of it, the others helped Anderson out a few times too. There was opportunities to put pucks on net where they tried making that extra pass. And the one thing that I've, uh, ever since I've been involved with hockey, every coach I've ever had, every goal-scoring player I've ever been around, anytime a team is struggling or a player is struggling to score goals, and the Oilers only have eight goals in their last five losses, shoot more. Don't shoot less. Don't try to pass the puck into the net. Don't look for the prettiest play. 
shoot more. Because as you see, when you put pucks on net, good things can happen. And I think the Oilers tonight, they had some great opportunities. Freddie Anderson was very good on those. But I think they also passed up some other great opportunities instead of putting, instead of putting pucks on net. Yeah, no doubt about that. 3-1, the Hurricanes beat the Oilers tonight. Self-inflicted wounds, like we talk about. Uh, two ways to win. Make more plays, make fewer mistakes. Ultimately, uh, the Oilers made two big mistakes tonight. Let's first start with... The penalty. I mean, we're talking to death about starts to games, first goals, first periods. Trust me, everybody, we're not doing this to bore you. <laughs> we're doing this because it keeps on being a story. The Oilers have allowed the first goal in 14 of their last 17 games. Um, and tonight, okay, first six and a half minutes, Oilers had a couple good shifts. Yeah. Carolina had a couple good shifts. You're like, okay, it's starting to settle into a game here. The Oilers look like they're under control. Uh, they got some energy. Carolina's got a good team. And uh, Zach Cassian takes a, a penalty that it's easily a, avoidable. Like, easily avoidable. Well, it's a penalty that's going to be called 100 out of 100 times. They're not going to pass that up. He, he saw numbers. He drilled them into the boards. It, it's an easy call. And on that one, all that player was doing was dumping the puck in. So the Oilers were actually going to get control of the puck and, and be able to break out... Uh, unimpeded because Carolina was changing. So it was just a silly penalty. Now, in a team that has struggled to start games, you just put more stress on, on your penalty killers. You put more stress on your goaltender. And eventually when they score, now you put more stress on your star players because you're chasing again. So that was a big mistake that, as you said, was avoidable. And the Oilers, a team that uh, are great front runners, haven't didn't get the opportunity to do it again because they were trailing early in the hockey game. Miko Koskinen takes the loss. He stopped 28 out of 31. And uh, this is this is the ongoing discussion with Miko Koskinen. It, it's not that he never makes big saves because he made several tonight. Mm -hmm. He made probably three or four in the second period where you or I were thinking, okay, oh, well, that's another Carolina goal. And, and he made the save. Um, but, but as we've seen, when he lets in a bad one or makes a mistake it it can be really bad and today uh you know the second one obviously you'd prefer not to go in for that range i know they may have ticked off nurse whatever we'll see uh but two one third period and he misplays the puck behind the net see, that's not the first time he's done it no but i i think there's more he's more at fault on the second goal than he is on the third the second goal i think he just he was surprised. I think Niederreiter surprised him. Niederreiter's looking one way. He's coming across, and it was a quick shot that he probably wants back. The one at the end, that just took a terrible bounce. The puck was coming right along the boards, and about five feet before him, it just shot out towards the net, and he asked to use his foot. In the Toronto Blackhawk game, the exact same thing happened. Goalie went behind the net. Puck hit something weird, comes out in front of that wide-open net. Coaches expect goaltenders to get out and stop pucks so when they do that they're always out there early and he was out there early in plenty of time and the puck just took a horrible bounce on him five feet before it gets to him and then it hits him in the toe now he's in panic mode he's in uh, uh oh and unfortunately for him the player that on the Carolina Hurricanes it's by the net is their best player who's got fantastic hands he makes you pay so to me that was just bad luck more so than anything the just if the puck goes like it's supposed to it comes to him he stops it and he clears it but bad bounce bad break and unfortunately for the Oilers a uh, team that's struggling to score 
uh, bad one bad bounce in every game is costing them hockey games. Yeah, the Oilers only get one tonight, so that means a $100 donation to 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown and Associates. Unrivaled experience, unrivaled commitment, unrivaled results. They're given $100 every time the Oilers score this season. Sebastian Ajo has 12 points over a five-game point streak. He has two goals and an assist tonight. He's good. Oh, is he good? He's smooth. Uh, and really, three points probably was the least amount that he could have got tonight. Uh, he, there was two other two-on-ones he was on. He fanned on a shot. He had another couple of great opportunities. He's just a smooth, underrated hockey player. He, he's a guy that just does everything right, not flashy. Uh, but always in the right spot on face-offs. It, when he does win a face-off, it just looks like he just flicked his wrist. It doesn't even look like he moved his body. Uh, he's a star in this league that's unfortunately being up here in Edmonton, we don't get to see enough Carolina games. There's two players that I really wanted to p- watch in this game tonight. Ahu was up front, and he was exceptional. And on the back end was Slavin. And he is good. Uh, he, he always in the right spot. This is a beat-up defense that the Carolina Hurricanes have. They have two of their best out of the lineup as well. So Slavin had to play more and always in the right spot. He, he stopped. I know that Bob always talks about a defenseman that stops the cycle. Slavin stops the cycle. So he was excellent in this hockey game. So it's two stars for Carolina that I wanted to see. Both were stars for their team tonight. All right. Carolina wins it 3-1. Fifth consecutive loss for the Oilers. Here's their head coach, Dave Tippett. Played well enough played well enough in a lot of ways to win but just the result not there where's your head out Dave on what went wrong tonight and how you played I don't see us executing well enough to get the speed we need in our game and that's that's a fast team they come at you quick so the execution is harder I understand that but our execution breaking out of our zone making that making a play under pressure is not what it needs to be right now that's where uh, there's too many plays that just look mishmash instead of clean and we had some attempts at net. Like you look at some of the chances we had in the third. There was some good chances to get get ourselves back in the game. But there's, uh, we're just not executing at a level right now that there's our game doesn't feel fluid. And that's uh, if you like, you're chasing the game. That's part of it is chasing the game. You're, you're, you know, it's uh, it's like an anxious push instead of just a fluid game where you're feel like everybody's involved what do you sense from the group just in terms of you know sticking with it not getting frustrated because this is you bought yourself some time yeah some early season success but you're kind of burning through that oh no it's that's that's at the forefront now we you know we went with the model we didn't want to lose two in a row and now we're climbing way above that so We've got to get things straightened out. We've got a day off tomorrow. We'll have a good practice. We haven't haven't practiced much here lately with uh, with the schedule. We'll have a good practice Monday. We've got to get some things cleaned up in our game. Hopefully, there's uh, you might see another uh, uh, one or two of the injured guys back hopefully next week sometime. So we'll we'll keep pushing forward. But it's there's parts of our game again. There's parts of the game you like, but there's parts that that need to improve if we're going to get to be a better team. Dave, it looked like Zach Hyman got rocked pretty good there late in the third period. Yeah, I haven't, he was in there. I haven't talked to him yet. Uh, they took him in precautionary, so he uh, 
went and didn't play the rest of the game, but also I haven't talked to him at all. That's more. You switched up the centers. You put McLeod on, yeah. on the second line and, and Nugent Hopkins with Fogel and Cassian. What was your reasoning there? It looked like it was working. Just, was just, you're just trying to find something. You know, we weren't creating very much. We were, we looked, you know, there were a lot of bouncing pucks. You're just trying to, just trying to create some energy somehow, right? Yep. Thank you. Dave, the last three games, you've had a long stretch, you play well, and then you gift goals, kind of easy plays. How concerning is that factor that's three games in a row and to give up an easy goal? Yeah, it's, uh, it's concerning. When you're not scoring at the level you'd like to right now, it seems like pucks aren't going to net. It magnifies that, too. You know, you you we feel like we're working so hard for our goals right now, and then you give up a, uh, an easy one, It's that's... It drags the group, so that's just, I mean, I watched that one, Koski, Pucks takes a weird bounce off the off the boards and catches him in his feet. I mean, that's it's one of those things that, that happens, just the timing of it wasn't very good tonight. You mentioned earlier how you, you're not in the flow that you'd like, so what do you work on in practice then on Monday? What, how do, what's going to help your execution? Quick, quick puck movement, like we got to, we got to, from our D to our forwards, there's got to be a better connection there, better connection. There's some stuff we can do where we try to stretch it out and simplify it for our D a little bit, but there's got to be a, there's got to be a better connection up the ice quicker. And do you notice a little hesitation? You guys had some really good looks, either missing the net or didn't shoot at, at key times. Yeah, a couple of a couple ones you'd like to see shots taken. It's uh, you know when you're not scoring, you're you're pressing a little bit. But that being said, there's you know the last couple of games before this, we've been emphasizing get the puck to the net, get the puck to the net more. We have been doing that. Tonight there was too many times when I thought we had it opportunities to get it to net we didn't some of that is uh, speed of execution getting it getting it done but then we did i mean uh, Dave had one early in the first there coming in and he tried to catch hyman we we, we got to find a way to score some goals like just shoot the puck in the net rather than overpass it all right dave i was gonna i was gonna ask you that it's in positions where you guys who normally score you know aren't scoring they're dusting it off or passing it or shooting wide is that a byproduct of you know five losses in a row or is, is there something else yeah you just go through those phases i mean yeah i don't know it's hard to explain you're shooting you got the same guys shooting the same spots sometimes they go in sometimes they don't you know that's uh like you look at nuge nuge shooting you know, in years past, he comes down that flank in the power play. He gets two or three there, you know, every every uh, ten games or so. He hasn't gotten anything there yet. So you're looking at some of the same shots. They're not going in. So it's uh, it's a matter of just bearing down, finding the finding the opportunities and, and finding ways to score. And that's uh, we feel like we're creating enough opportunities, but you it's one thing to create. You gotta you gotta finish opportunities to make them count. You, when you're right on the edge like this, like you say, the last three games could have gone either way. So, you know, there's a temptation to just ride the course and, it, and it'll fix itself. Or not also it's five losses. Do you want to really shake? There's, there's lots of fixing going on. But like I say, there's lots of fixing going on when you win games too. We won some games earlier in the year. We, haven't, we didn't play very well. There's lots of fixing going on there. Just everybody's in a little happier mood when you're fixing then. When you're fixing when you're losing five in a row, it's, uh, there's lots of attention to detail. All right, that's Oilers head coach Dave Tippett as they are beaten 3-1 by the Carolina Hurricanes tonight at Rogers Place, as he was saying, fifth consecutive loss. So talking a little bit there, Rob, about as you were shooting more, 
mm-hmm. getting the puck to the net more. And definitely there were some, what, I mean, it's easy for us to say from, from up here, but shot opportunities passed up by some of the good shooters on the team too, not uh, depth guys. And also talking about quicker puck movement, the defense getting the puck to the forwards. Well, first of all, a depth player never can pass up an opportunity. <laughs> they, 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 uh, a star player, if he doesn't shoot and tries to pass, nothing will be said when he comes back to the bench. But if a depth player does it, he will be talked to. You, you don't pass up golden opportunities. Now, no one's ever going to tell Connor McDavid what to do offensively because there's no one in the National Hockey League can do what he can do. But there are some times where he tries to make his teammate look better. He tries to give, like, the one where he talked about he had Hyman. Uh, he's, he's five feet from the net. And McDavid has as good a shot as anyone in the National Hockey League. There's another one that he tried to walk around a guy that was laying there. And those are two chances that uh, McDavid, he probably scores one of them if he puts both on net. So, and he's just one of many players. It, sometimes when a goalie's playing as well as uh, Anderson did, you, you try to make it uh, a better play and try to get a backdoor empty net type goal. Um, so there's opportunities they should have shot. As for the disconnect between the defense and the forward, part of it is new players playing in the lineup for the, in the back end. Uh, veteran players being out of the lineup. A Cuckoo and a Keith, uh, no, they know where players want the puck. They know where they should go. They know if they're into trouble with someone on them, they know how to get rid of the puck quickly in the safe place to put it. So the forwards can read that. When you have younger players back there and you play against a team that's as good as Carolina, uh, when you're under pressure, most of the times you're just throwing the puck to get it away from yourself, just to get yourself out of trouble. So I think that's one of the reasons that you've seen as of late where the Oilers get pressured, they don't have that safety play because they have players playing that position that you know, aren't the normal players that would be back there right now being in the sixth defenseman if everyone was healthy. And Dave Tippett referenced, first of all, no update on Hyman, so hopefully he's okay because that would be a huge loss to yes. the Oilers' uh, top two lines and power play if he wasn't. And penalty killing. And pen- penalty killing, good point. <laughs> uh, but he referenced a couple players closer to coming back. Clearly that's uh, Duncan Keith and Mike Smith, who we've seen starting to take part in at least uh, parts of practices here the last couple of days. That's our adjustment of the game for pro drain techs for peace of mind down the line. I can also tell you, the Seattle Kraken rallied with three goals in the third period to tie it up against Columbus, but the Blue Jackets win in overtime. Jake Bean got the winner, 55 seconds in. Calgary now winless in 4-0-3-1 in that span. 4-2 loss to Boston. The Kings beat the Wild 2-1. Wild had won eight in a row. The Sharks beat the Stars 2-1. The Senators blank the Lightning 4-zip. Blues take down the Canadians 4-1. Capitals in a shootout, 3-2 over the Sabres. The Maple Leafs uh, let a 4-1 lead slip away and then won it on kind of a funny bounce off the back glass, 5-4 against Chicago. Penguins beat the Ducks 1-0. Islanders double the Devils 4-2, and Philadelphia wins 5-3 on the road against Arizona. The scoreboard presented by Edmonton Trailer. Looking for parts, service, rentals, or new and used semi-trailers, head to edmontontrailer.com. The Oil Kings, who are now uh, depleted with injuries and players at the World Junior Camp, lost 5-2 in Winnipeg. Sebastian Kosa, a 29-save shutout as the Canadian World Junior campers, hopefuls, uh, beat the uh, U-Sports All-Star team 3-0, and the Oilers farm team, Bakersfield, losing 2-1 
to Colorado. That is the Edmonton Trailer scoreboard. Uh, the one score that you mentioned there, the Islander win, I believe that is the first win for the New York Islanders in their brand new rink. I think they lost their first six or seven or something like that. So the Islanders with a win. And the other thing that has happened as of late, you talked about the Calgary Flames four in a row, Anaheim lost tonight, the Oilers five in a row. What that has done has, is jam-packed the Pacific Division. Uh, it's given life to the LA Kings, to the San Jose Sharks, and the one that everyone was talking about at the beginning of the season, the Vegas Golden Knights. All of those teams are a little bit closer to the top three teams in the Pacific, and the Pacific is now a much tighter division. Yeah, Calgary 36 points, Anaheim 35, Edmonton 32, Vegas 30, San Jose 29, then a bit of a drop down to the Kings at uh, at 26. And I, I think, you know, things evening out a little bit well, I, I, for I, teams that like Edmonton, like Calgary, yeah. that have put up incredible point percentages early on. I, I think the Oilers' record is probably what it is for how they've played in games. I think there, there's there been a couple games as of late where they were the better team and got no points. And there were some games earlier in the season that at the end of the night, you, they stole. They stole two points in games that they didn't deserve to, to have. I, I think that this record is, and, and that's how hockey goes. It always evens out. And that's why coaches a lot of the time they don't talk so much about wins or losses they talk about how the team plays because they know if they play a certain way the right way over a consistent amount of time uh, the hockey gods will take care of them and they'll have the the right amount of wins and I think that's what's happened right now there has been a uh, the, the team has now got a record that's probably indicative of how they've played through the start of this season all right, it was uh, two players who were traded for each other going head-to-head tonight, Ethan Bear and Warren Fogle. Ethan Bear played 10:56, had a shot on goal, minus one with a blocked shot. Warren Fogle was plus one, played 14:09 with uh, a shot on goal. He, well, he had one face-off and he won it, so 100% there. I don't remember that, but good. I, actually, I do remember that. It was on the far side in the offensive zone because normally Cassian jumps him, but Cassian, the right-handed guy, let Fogle, the left-handed guy, take it on his strong side. So for set the line, courtesy River Cree Resort and Casino, excitement bet on it, I set the line at one and a half for total points from Bear and Fogle. It is zero, mm-hmm. so it is under. So Jasmine is the winner of the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. Yeah, that was, uh, I went with the under there. I was I was hoping that they would go over, but I, I played the percentages. Rarely do I win, but that one I went with. Uh, I went with my head instead of my heart read. All right. Uh, 3-1, the Oilers fall tonight to the Carolina Hurricanes. You can get in touch at 780-496-0063. That's the hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. More Heartland Ford overtime open line after the break. Off the draw, wide open, Rishon, what a save made by Koskinen as he stretched out to deny Marty Natchez. All right, that's Migo Koskinen, save of the game for Reface Magic. Transform your kitchen with ease. See the magic at refacemagic.ca. Koskinen takes the loss. His record on the season slips to 12-5. and Carolina beating Edmonton 3-1. Ajo in the first, Nita Ryder and Nugent Hopkins in the second, and then Ajo late in the third. And uh, then the Oilers pulled the goalie after that. Uh, Ryan Dugan Hopkins had one go off the post and along the goal line before Freddie Anderson kicked it out. And also, I didn't mention this earlier, the, the save Anderson made on Cassian with mm-hmm. just over two minutes to go, 
that I mean, we talked about some of the saves in the first period. That might have been his best stop. I agree, and, and it's one that it, 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 what was so good about it is McDavid tried making the pass, and it got stopped. Then McDavid got the puck and made the pass again. So a goaltender would have read the first play. Then he hesitates, and then he has to get over there again the second time. And Cassian did get the puck up, not as high as he'd, as he'd hoped, but that's a hard play. Uh, but he got it up, and again, at that point, if, if that goes in, there's still time left in the game, down only one goal. But this was a night that Anderson, uh, who's been excellent in just about every start he's ever had against the Edmonton Oilers, was excellent again tonight. All right, message here from Marcus. Rob, I'll have to edit one of the words in this message, but I think you'll understand what I'm saying. Uh, Marcus says, uh, hey, guys, isn't it time for Dave Tippett to lose his poop on either the team or the referees? Always seems overly calm after losses when he speaks post-game, and I think it's time he exploded like a volcano against the refs to try to draw more calls. Well, that that doesn't work. Um, If anything, it does the opposite. It's like if someone keeps saying nasty things about you, are you going to do more for that person or less for that person? Uh, I thought the... I mean, the refs are always going to miss calls, and as a a fan, you're only going to usually see the ones that they miss on your team. Um... The general managers around the league are always advocating for their team at a league level. Uh, there's been more calls as of late by by far uh, on Connor McDavid. He's getting more power play opportunities. Uh, as for Dave Tippett, that's Dave Tippett. He, he's out there. He answers questions. And... Um, I, I don't think that's the form and you're not and plus it costs money every time you say something negative about the referees tonight wasn't it this wasn't on the referees tonight the Carolina Hurricanes who are a good hockey club got out to the lead and good hockey clubs don't give up leads and Carolina wins the special team the the special teams battle one for two on the power play the Oilers 0 for two on the power play both their chances came in the third period on Penalties to Brady Shea, who I uh, was he not the New York Ranger in that Saturday yeah. Night Live? Was that yeah. Chance the rapper? Yeah, it was, was Chance that the guy's that, name. That was one of my favorite. If you can, if anyone wants to put, go on the computer and punch in Chance the rapper Saturday Night Live hockey skit, it is one of the funniest skits you've ever seen. And yes, it was this that Shea that was the guy that came off the ice, and Chance had a hard time pronouncing his name. All right, that's Power Play Update for Extreme Power Products, your full-line Kubota dealer with locations in St. Paul, Westlock, and Vegreville. Check out Extreme with an X, powerproducts.com. We'll go to the Certainty Hotline. We have Sir Robert standing by. Hey, Robert, go ahead. Uh, hey, guys, how you doing? Doing well, sir. Well, I mean, I guess, well, like, uh, uh, the first thing I'm going to start with is, like, uh, the biggest thing I can't believe is all this, all this fire-tipped stuff going on on the on social media as far as i'm concerned tippett's not getting fired we're 16 and 10 still in the top three in the division tippett's not going anywhere at least in my opinion till the end of the season so i just want to get that out of the way now for the game you know what i think the oilers tonight they were good they were great they were good but falling behind early on i think i think that's starting to catch up with them if it hasn't already and i also think the team is starting to miss the likes like the calming presence of a, a veteran like a duncan keith or a mike smith and as for the game on tuesday against toronto in my opinion they're going to need honestly in that game the oilers are going to have to score first because toronto they've I, I watched them play chicago tonight and 
and Toronto, they're just, I mean, like, I mean, like, despite not having my, uh, uh, what's the name, Marner? Yeah, yeah, in Toronto, they're a fast, skilled, quick team. You do not, you do not want to be chasing against them. Yeah, thanks, Robert. Yeah, the the first goal thing, it's it's mind-boggling at this point. Nine times they've scored first. They've won all nine. And uh, now what are we up to? Seven and ten when they haven't scored first. So, and, and I mean, the thing is about hockey, Rob, like, it's a it's a 60%, 40% game or 55-45 or like 52 four, Like, you know, a guy is 52% in the faceoff circle for a season and you say he's a genius yep. and another guy is 48.2 and it's like, well, we he's got to work gotta, on it. We yeah. got to get rid of him. Like, it shouldn't be, even if you're not a very good team, it shouldn't be that hard to score first like occasionally percent of the time well you you read it out i don't know if it was before tonight's game or last game the oilers are in a grouping of teams that are all bottom feeders the teams that aren't scoring first they're all teams that are out of the playoffs and will be out of the playoffs the the oilers record is an aberration on the scoring first uh stat and it shows that they got some good puck luck early in the season and they're a, a team that's uh, has the ability to, to win big games even if they fall behind, but eventually it catches up to you. And they've, is that five in a row? I think all five games they got scored on first, did, did they not? In this five-game losing streak? Uh, yes. Yes. So if you think about it, if you go into a playoff series and in of the seven games, if it's a seven-game series, say you go twice you score first and the other five times you give up the first goal, uh, that, that means you're probably going to lose the series. And I think that's what the others have to start realizing that when they start playing more important games, the teams are going to be much better at keeping the lead. They're going to be much better at closing things down. And that's what we've seen on this homestand. These are good hockey clubs. These are the elite of the National Hockey League that are coming in here. They're scoring first, and then they're limiting the chances. The others, they got the breakaway goal tonight, but they don't get a lot of odd man breaks now because you don't have to trade chances with the others if you have the lead. You clog up the neutral zone. You clog up the defensive zone. You have five guys back. You're always on the right side of of the puck defensively because you aren't chasing. When you chase, that's when the, the, the breakdowns happen. But these teams that get the lead on the Oilers, they don't have to worry about that. So that's why you're seeing the Oilers have very few odd man breaks over this last little stretch because they're always in control of the games because they always have the lead. Yeah, well, in, in all four games on the homestand, they've allowed the first two goals of the game. And in all four games, they've trailed 2-1 going to the third. Now, against Boston, they did tie it but then boston just needs to tie the third period to win yeah and and they did so yeah it's uh it's it's and they're not all created equal like there are a lot of games where they haven't had a lot of energy in the first period but like the last two first periods i thought they were better okay but but again the the this big mistakes like hand marchand a breakaway shorthanded you know hand carolina power play with a with not a smart penalty, and so they're they're finding different ways to to give up that goal. Unfortunately, whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, which we haven't seen in a while now, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That allows you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer. The Japanese Village. Try the legendary Wagyu steak cooked before your eyes. Reserve now. JVEdmonton.ca. From JV to JP on the Certainty Hotline. Good day, sir. 
How are you, guy? How are you tonight? Well, we're always uh, titillated to hear from you, JP. <laughs> I would hope so, because I'll tell you right now, I bring more, I bring more action, more bizarre, more passion than the one in a lot. And in the last five games, I'm telling you right now, you guy, you read, and you threw me off just now. Because you brought up a great point, defensive breakdown. I wanted to get right into this tonight. Peace. Everyone in this city, are you going to take on this contract? <laughs> Enough of this nonsense, you guys. Duncan Keith is the answer with this team. I want everyone to hear this again. I'm going to say it again. Duncan Keith is the answer with this team. There's been so many breakdowns that are just the most clumsy. Uh, oh, I'm, oh, I'm playing hockey. I'm not a KTS. Oh, okay. I'm not uh, in line for a right. Oh. We're playing hockey. There's so many breakdowns. I I'm, I'm, I want to feel. But tonight, I want to just get down the brass tacks, you guys. This team, this team needs to, uh, I don't know. I, I, Yamamoto, yeah, not to uh, focus on Yamamoto, but this guy, he, he glide by, he goes in the corner, he cruise by like he uh, uh, Top Gun, like, uh, like uh, Tom Cruise in Top Gun, about the tower. Go at the guy. We need to get a little more physical. We need to get a little more uh, out there. We need to make it very uncomfortable hockey. But now, uh, you know, everything we play, soft, soft. We should start We should start a new company, a Q-tip company, because we are soft as cotton out there. But I'll tell you right now, I'll end this right now. I'm telling you, I hope Duncan Keys is in the lineup for Toronto. And I want every fan in this city to go, oh, it's me too much. Enough, you guys. I'm sick and tired of hearing all you fan chirp, this, that. This guy is the answer. I'm telling you right now, Duncan Key is the answer. And it's closing in on Christmas, Row. Please, if you don't mind, can you a miracle? <laughs> can I have, for damn, damn it, I, I don't want to swear. I don't want to swear. Oh, yeah, Please. keep it clean. Oh, I always keep it clean unless I'm out, uh, you know. Anyway, yeah, okay. I want another grass. Please, Rob. We're working Please, on it, Rob. JP. I, I, I've been Thank trying you. to get, I've been trying to get him a pass so he can actually sit with us during the games. Maybe oh, be on the broadcast. Right. Well, that's for some magic. That's yeah. for some magic. That'd mm-hmm. be all right. <laughs> You're working like my lattice, you guys. Come on. <laughs> Thank you, JP. Have a good night, you guys. <laughs> that is JP. Uh, well, he he brought up a point here, and I'll, I'll read a, a a text message from uh, who sent this one, Jason. He says. Uh, Reed, I have a two-word question for Rob Brown. <laughs> Yamamoto, why? Um, yeah, I, I. It's a good question. Uh, he's right now, and I've said this many times. He, he and Nugent Hopkins are playing with the league's leading scorer. Nugent Hopkins coming into tonight's game had two goals, and Yamamoto coming in tonight to tonight's game has six points. That's playing with the leading scorer in the National Hockey League, who's at 43 points, I believe he has right now. Uh, if you play top six minutes, if you play with elite hockey players, there's got to be finish. You've got to produce. There's just, there's no two ways about it. I mean, you have to put the puck in the net. You have to create offense. You've got to be a playmaker. And there's too many nights five on five where the Oilers' best players, McDavid and Leon, are coming up with nothing five on five. And Yamamoto needs to produce more to stay in the top six. The problem for the Oilers right now is I don't know if, the, if there's another option. 
Um, uh, Cassian had his shot in the top six. It did not last very long, and, and Cassian struggled. Uh, Fogel, I, they brought him in to lead a third line. So I don't know what your other options are, but yes, Kadri Yamamoto has all the try in the world. His work ethic is very, very good. There's little things he does incredibly well, but they need more production from Yamamoto and Nugent Hopkins, but Yamamoto in particularly, five on five. Hurricanes win 3-1 tonight over the Oilers. 780-496-0063. We'll go back to the Certainty Hotline with Arsh standing by. Arsh, go ahead. How you guys doing? Good. Uh, you know, I was going to come on here with my uh, Dave Tippett agenda, but, you know, I'm a little too tired for that. <laughs> so uh, just one question. So during the intermission, Elliot Friedman said that uh, the Oilers are looking at, I think he said, uh, 3C. Yeah. Uh, number left defender and a goalie, right? Yeah. Well, I didn't, um, I didn't hear that, but I saw people tweeting it, yeah. Um. So, like, not a smite on Ken Holland, but isn't that what the $30 million in the offseason, what they were looking for? Like, I know Derek Ryan didn't work out, but it, it wouldn't a little smarter cap management, like, you had $30 million to work with and you couldn't get any of those three things that you were looking for? You know what, like I get a GM's job is way harder than any fan could imagine, but you know I, I'd like to see a little more consistency out of uh, out of the few like last management regimes, you know. Yeah, no, uh, that's you know fair. I mean, I think with you know, like the last caller said, JP. I, I mean, they did bring in Keith on the left side, but I, they still need somebody else there. You're right, but I think they they knew that even at the time. Uh, I, I mean, I think that's that's a fair comment. I mean, some of the. I, I mean, if you look at the players that Hall had acquired in the offseason, mm-hmm. I, I mean, to me, CeCe's right now the biggest win. Well, yep. okay, Hyman. but Hi, we, yes. Hyman, but Hyman. he, he kind of picked Edmonton too, right? Yep. Um, I, I think CeCe, and he's not a spectacular player, but he's been solid. He's been, he's been very good, I, yeah. I mean, I would say uh, Fogel has not done as much as you would hope for the most part. Uh, I would say, like, I was a bit surprised when they started Ryan as a third-line center at the I start agree. of the year. Yes. To me, he's a, a fourth-line player. Mm-hmm. I think we'll still see how it goes with him. But, no, that, that is that is fair. The Oilers are still looking for some of the players that they were looking for under the previous regime. And then there's still the ongoing question of when Smith and Koskinen aren't here, who's the goal? Who's the goal? You're right. Or how will they play later on in the season? Uh, the, the problem uh, that GMs in, in Edmonton or certain cities have to face is... There's a lot of there's a wish list of who they want, but they also have to have those players want to come here as well. Um, there's got to be you're going to sell certain things about this organization, but there's also other teams that probably have other things that they can upsell you on. So, I, I, Ken Holland, there's probably a number of other players that okay, we would really like him. Well, not interested in coming to Edmonton. Okay, we're going to go to Plan B or Plan C or Plan D. Uh, so it's easy on a video game to make trades or to sign players but when it comes to the Edmonton still is not the number one desired place for a lot of players to come to it just isn't so there's that is one of the reasons that the Oilers don't always get the players that they want or the players that they need because sometimes their options are smaller than other teams in the National Hockey League well I think this is I I think this is going to be a big trade deadline for Holland because I mean, the, the the positions the uh, Arsh identified mm-hmm. are are bang on. Yep. 
Uh, I mean, you have to have you have to have people ready to fill in for injury, and ideally, you wouldn't have you know Lagesson or Niemelainen or Broberg playing as much as they had to play. And I know there's been times on defense they've the injuries have sort of piled up, uh, but the third line is still not good enough. And like Hall, like to be fair, like. Holland has taken shots at third liners, yep, and well, they haven't worked out. Yeah, and that, now, again, maybe, now maybe with if Archibald, okay, who knows, right? But yeah, but again, this is the thing: was Kyle Turris his first option? Was Derek Ryan his first option? So I mean, maybe there was other ones. That, okay, well, we couldn't get them, so now we're swinging back to this player again. It, it you've got to. There, there's a bunch of players out there. You say, okay, we really should sign that guy. Well, then that guy's got to want to come here. And they don't all do. They don't all want to come to Edmonton and play. So you're going to find a guy that does want to come here. So he has tried to address the situation. He's tried to address uh, the problem areas for the Oilers. Now, when it comes, they're going to look for something up front. They need something in their top six. Like, they, uh, again, as the one caller said, Yamamoto has not produced at the level they need going into a playoff series. They need a, a third-line center. McLeod could be that guy eventually. But, again, that's a lot of pressure on a young player. When you go... Say play Winnipeg and the and you're, they're, they're, look at the centers they have, and all of a sudden yep. they're throwing out Lowry and Shifley and who's their other center that's up front? They got I can't even think of it right now. Oh Dubois. So now your third guy you're going out there is is McLeod. So that's an option. And then on the back end, they I mean it's hard to say. Like is the addition of Keith is he the guy that you want in your top four? Well, it's hard to say now because you're not seeing him enough because he's been injured. Now, goaltending is the interesting one. There will not be a trade for a goalie if Smith comes back and plays anywhere like they want him to. They, they, that's, they're going to settle. Then they're going to, okay, here's our three goaltenders. We're happy with Skinner to come up if we need him. Koskinen's been good enough as a backup, and now we have our starter. But if Smith comes back and isn't where he needs to be because he's missed so much time, or if Smith comes back, gets re-hurt, then the Oilers will have to address a goaltending issue at the deadline because I'm not sure nope. they want to go into the playoffs with Koskinen as a starter. Yeah, and you'd have to, I mean, I, I'm just saying logically, I guess we can't know for sure, and then you'd have to find a team that would probably take Koskinen for the rest of the year and then not re-sign him. And then you might have to give that team even more. You know, Marc-Andre Fleury, yep. I think his cap hit is seven. He's a, fr- a UFA after this season. So you'd have to... Yeah, right, yes. You'd have to have them take Koskinen. Yes. You'd have to. So now this is still, I mean, we're really throwing things at a dartboard right now because the option or the hope is that Smith comes back and he plays to his uh, potential and, and his expectation, and then there's no issue. you got Smith as a starter, Koskinen as your backup, and Stuart Skinner in a pinch if anyone gets hurt. So I, I don't think goaltending is something they're looking at right now if Smith is healthy. The other positions that you talked about, well, you talked about the third-line center and the, the D, I still think uh, uh, someone in their top six. I really do. I don't... I th- when you're... You have the leading score in the NHL centering a line with one guy coming into tonight had two goals and the other guy had six points. That's not good enough to go into a playoff series. So I think their top six, uh, whether it's... a And again, here's the problem too. A rental. I'm not a fan of rentals giving up a whole lot to have a guy that's going to be with you for a month to two months or whatever it is. And then if you don't win the Stanley Cup, if you don't succeed, now you've just given up some of your future for some guy that's going to leave and never see him again. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. But because, yes. I mean, they're like those those are those are spots, right? Those mm-hmm. 
I guess depending on who you're you're talking to, you know, th three to five players, right? That, yep. that you'd need to upgrade to be a, a better team, yep. like a more well, going into a play. Again, talking about 52% chance versus 48% yeah. chance, right? Well, uh, I think what you really want to do is you want to line your you want to look at your lineup and say, can we beat Vegas? You know, that to me, to get out of the Pacific Division, you have to go through Vegas. So you've got to see, okay, here's here's our lineup. Is it good enough to beat Vegas in a playoff series? Um, and if it's not, okay, where do we have to show up? What do we need? Do we need this? Do we need that? How do you beat them? Because to me, Calgary's having a great season. Anaheim's overachieving. But Vegas, especially when they get Jack Eichel back, they are going to be a better hockey club. They have been the class of this division for the last number of years. And to get out of this division, I think whether it's the first round or the second round, you have to get through Vegas. So you have to build your team good enough to get through them in the playoffs. All right, Carolina beating the Oilers 3-1 tonight. Uh, let's bring Lance in on the Certainty Hotline. Hello, Lance. Oh, hey, hello. Hey. So um, I noticed that we're having uh, trouble uh, on our defensive aspect of the game. And, you know, the, the object of the game is to score more goals than your opponent but at the same time you have to make your opponent's life that much harder to actually get those goals so having said that i have no i'm not i don't know if um this is the right word but our goaltending needs help for sure what, are you, what do you guys say to that is that a fair assessment or uh, what do you mean how do they need well help? yes i think that i think koskinen i've said this a lot that koskinen is to me is a good backup goalie yep I mean, when I always, I, I always kind of reject the notion when we get people saying, "Well, he's he never plays well. He shouldn't be in the NHL." I mean, to be fair, he does play well sometimes, yep. but he doesn't do it often enough to be a, a starter. So again, I think we'll see what uh, we'll see what Smith does. Okay, we will take a quick timeout. You're still going to hear from Connor McDavid and Evan Bouchard. Oilers fall 3-1, fifth loss in a row. This is Heartland Ford overtime open line. Sebastian Ajo with two goals and an assist, leading Carolina to a 3-1 win over the Oilers. Ajo has 12 points now over the course of a five-game point streak. Freddie Anderson gets the win in net for Carolina with 22 saves. He wasn't super busy but he made some really good stops along the way he is 16 one and two in his career against the Oilers uh, Edmonton's only goal was in the second period Nugent Hopkins his third from Pugliarvi and Nurse Edmonton is now 16 and 10 Carolina is now 19 six and one as we take you to Grey Cup Sunday all right Rob prediction yep. time um, I'm going to bet with my head. I'm going to go with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, and I'm going to go 31-21. Okay, well, on Inside Sports last night, I, I made a very similar prediction. I said Winnipeg 29-19. Well, it all depends if that Evans guy decides to not miss a throw the entire game. How about that coming off the bench and going perfect on the night in the semifinal game? Uh, Did he not? And, and Hamilton... I mean, it's going to be a Hamilton home game. Yes. I mean, it's not a neutral site game no. anymore. <laughs> so and, and that's, actually, I think that's cool. I, I like the fact that you're going to have a very partisan crowd. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I haven't seen the weather forecast. I don't know if it's going to be. I don't, I don't think it's too bad. Um, they just had windstorms going through Ontario, but I don't know if that's still going I on. I think tomorrow is high of 6. So by the time the game starts, it'll probably have cooled off a little bit. 
Yeah, it'll be it'll be windy though. Yeah, gusting twenty to forty probably. So yeah, a little windy. And doesn't Winnipeg have the advantage in the running game? Oh well, they got Harris. Yeah. 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 All right, let's go back down to the Hall of Fame room. Connor McDavid and Evan Bouchard. But overall, what do you think the you know what do you think went wrong, or what was the story of tonight? You think? I mean, I don't know how many times you want me to say the same thing here, but um, you know, I thought again, you know, we did some good things. Uh, you know, we probably gave up a couple too many chances late in the second. Miko was great, made a couple saves, we generated some chances, we didn't find a way to put it in. Um, you know, that's kind of been the story of this homestand, and um, you know, I don't know what else you want me to say. Evan, what are you seeing out there just in terms of, you know, the way you guys are defending, the way you guys are playing? Are you close to where you think you want to be? Uh, I think we've taken steps in the past few games. Um, I think it comes down to, um, you know, putting that extra effort, whether it's in the D zone, offensive zone. Um, I think as long as we do that, then, um, you know, good things are going to come for us. Hi, Connor. You guys had some, some really good looks, and it seemed like in, in a lot of instances they were, they were just... But were you trying to put too fine a point on it, or, or were there just, the, the, the shots were just off today? Oh, we tried making plays. We tried blasting it right through the guy. He was good. Um, you know, we didn't get, but we didn't. You know, uh, we weren't probably sharp enough around the net. Um, it's quite close. We, we see these teams, these situations where a team will go into a, you know, three, four, five game losing streak, and sometimes it's just something that happens during the course of the season, and sometimes there's something wrong. How do you tell which side of that line that you're on? Well, I think, uh, you know, um, if we're coming in here and getting blown out and not deserving to, uh, uh, you know, win games, um, you know, this one could probably go either way. Yeah, the same thing with the other night, same thing with the other night. So, you know, if we were coming in here, we didn't have a shot, then I'd probably, you know, be worried. Um, um, but that's not, uh, that's not where it's at. So I would ask them, Connor, does it make it more frustrating that you're you're not getting blown out in the sense that, you know, you guys are right in this game, but not finding ways to, to ultimately get it done? Is it more frustrating? Sorry. That, that, you know, that you're not, it's not that you're getting blown out, but you're just not finding a way to, to ultimately get, get these wins. So you're just not finding the right line. Is, is that make it a little bit more frustrating? <laughs> no, it'd be frustrating if you're getting blown out. Um, but um, obviously we're, We'd rather be in games and giving ourselves a chance to win um, than, uh, than getting blown out. Connor, what's the right tone to set in the group right now? You guys started really, really well and lots of reasons to be confident early, but you're in a tough one here. What's the right tone sort of moving forward, do you think? Um, you know, same thing as I said the other night. You know, obviously, our sense of urgency has to go up. Um, you know, a good start buys us a slump, and we've used our slump here. And, uh, um, you know, obviously back to work on Monday with a good practice and get ourselves ready against another good Toronto team. You know, work our way out of it. Um, seems like when you're slumping, things just don't go your way, and, and you got to work extra hard to get out of it. That's just uh, the way it is, and we got to find a way to get one win and go from there. Yeah, the Oilers have now lost uh, five in a row, falling 3-1 tonight to the Carolina Hurricanes and Zach Hyman left the game with just over three minutes left. L- looked to be a shoulder issue. He didn't return. Dave Tippett didn't have an update in his post game. Uh, the Oilers will not practice tomorrow, so I'm not sure if we'll get any word on Hyman then or uh, if we'll wait till Monday. But, of course, Bob Stoffer will have all the latest for you on Oilers now from noon to 2 on Monday, and I will have inside sports from 6 to 8. Get more on this game on 630chet.com or globalnews.ca. Thanks to Troy Bowler, our game day engineer at Rogers Place, and Angie Quinnell, our studio producer, back at 6.30. Ched, we have been in the Friesen Brothers Broadcast Center. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford.
Overtime Open Line. Have a great night.